Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of Spam, Spam, Spam Humbug. This is episode 98, if you can believe it. And you have got just two of us tonight, actually. There's myself, Stan the Fury Dragon. I'm actually here for this episode, so that's kind of awesome. And then over yonder is Save versus Dragon. Before we get into it, though, of course, this episode of Spam, Spam, Spam Humbug is brought to you by our Patreon backers. Thank you to everyone who supports the podcast and the Codex by that means. And as always, a hearty thank you to our co-producers, Seth, Dominic, Chris, Violation, Adam, Eric, Thorwan, Pascal, Helgriff, Aaron, the Hearth of Britannia, Edward, Stirring Dragon, Cranberry, Slegnor, and Bruce. And actually, I have a shout out because I haven't given a shout out in a while, but Dennis sent us a lovely little email. He's, uh got in touch via the contact form at the Ultima Codex, and he just dropped us a line to say, I just wanted to say how much I've enjoyed the Spam 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 Humbug podcast. I caught up with all the episodes over the last few months. Wow, it's dedication. And they are great. Keep it up. I grew up playing the Ultimas with my older brother. Such good memories. I'm replaying Ultima 7 now and plan to replay 6 soon after. Well, I encourage anybody to play Ultima 6. Really, I do. Thanks again, Dennis says, and Dennis, thank you. So, big shout out to Dennis for that email, because you know what? Sometimes I do struggle with the fact that running two podcasts is kind of hard when you're also a uh, involved scout leader, and you have a full-time job, and you have four kids, and a wife, and all of these things. And um, it's things like this that definitely help to uh, motivate me to continue finding ways to produce these episodes. So, so thank you. Thank you, Dennis, and uh, thank you everyone out there for continuing to listen to the podcast that that means a lot too um if you want to get in touch by all means ultimacodex at gmail.com or hit the ultimacodex contact form or you know what go through the process it's a bit arcane admittedly because apple is apple but uh, leave us a review on itunes that would be really great too right so on to the topic yeah, because it would really be nice to have a, a good solid topic to talk about if we're just going to talk to ourselves. <laughs> I know, especially because like I actually have one that I've been saving for the next time I can actually get on, but, you know, oh, whatever. Are you, are you going to release that or are you going to keep that close to at hand at the moment? Well, I, I just wanted to... It's kind of a, a mishmash of two or three different things because, like, I mean, I got into a dust-up on Facebook with a guy about EA who was, you know, like ravenously anti-EA. And, And, I mean, of course, though, intimately familiar with like my own involvement with, say, Ultima Forever and all the rest. So, of course, when I stepped in to say, whoa there, buddy, like, just let's think about this a little bit. Like, he immediately got very personal and, you know, just like, well, you're hardly objective and blah, 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 blah. Um, You know, we all know your hands are dirty. Um, and then of course there was this news, this rumor that broke a couple of weeks ago about how Microsoft was possibly eyeing, buying either EA, Valve, or, um, the developers of PUBG. And it's like, I mean, almost immediately there was like this salivation that seemed to happen online of like people contemplating, um, you know, what would happen if MS bought EA and how this would basically be like the death knell of EA and MS would basically get rid of the label, probably keep some of the studios, but get rid of the label because of course it's just become so toxic in the gaming community. And then there's me kind of sitting back here going, okay, so wait a minute. Like I know Microsoft is okay with modding, like, you know, Halo mods and Minecraft mods. And I know Minecraft doesn't mind when you mod their games, but you know, there's more to the Ultima fan remake scene than just pure mods, right? So, you know, paradoxically, something like um, what you do with Minecraft would probably be okay 
in a world where Microsoft owned EA. Um, funnily enough, something like Ultima 5 Lazarus would probably be okay because it's a mod for Dungeon Siege, which was a Microsoft game anyways. But there's more in the fan community for Ultima than just straight up mods, right? There's Nuvi, there's Exult. These are not mods in the normal definition of the term. These are full-on engine remakes. There's fan-made patches, Beautiful Britannia, um, uh, Forgotten World, various patches for the other games. You know, there's a whole host of other projects above and beyond just mods, which I have no idea how a Microsoft-owned EA or, you know, how Microsoft basically would treat those, right? I mean, would they be cool with it? Like EA has been, you know, I mean, EA has been very tolerant of the fact that for 20 years now, we have had a very viable re-engineering of the Ultima 7 engine floating out there in the wild. <laughs> They've been very patient with us. <laughs> well, yeah, though we was... have been trying, most of the things they haven't nailed down on top of us is the fact that uh, the ones that they have nailed down have been like complete remakes and with everything trying to be uh, the original stuff inside right. the game, but for like Exult, for example, you have to have bought Ultima 7 and plug that in. It's almost an emulation of Ultima 7 rather than... Well, yeah, and... Well, yes. Um, and I mean, like, with Nuvi, it's a little bit of a different circumstance again because, like, Nuvi also runs Savage Empire and Martian Dreams, but Microsoft worked out a deal with GOG where those are available for free. So, you know, Nuvi, th that fits into a little bit of a different category as well. Again, although... You know, you can use Exalt to just run games, right? Uh, you can import different assets into Exalt as well. So it's definitely more than just straight up emulation. It's an engine in its own right, um, based on a re-engineering of the U7 engine. The fact that, yes, to actually play U7 in it, you have to have the original game data files is probably the only thing that keeps the lawyers at bay. But, you know, fundamentally, it is still a re-engineering of of an IP, of a technology that is within a, an owned IP. And if they'd wanted to, they could have dropped a hammer on that project anytime they wanted to on that basis. They didn't. And you know what? Even the Ultima 4, because it was there were two different instances of Flash-based online playable Ultima 4 remakes. And I mean, remakes in the strictest sense of the term. Like this was basically, not actually not even a remake. These were just out and out ports of Ultima 4 to Flash. Um, one was the Sega Master System version, I believe. And then one was the PC, I want to say, version. Either way, you know, someone, different developers in each case, but these people basically took Ultima 4, all the game data files, everything, and just ported it into Flash. Um, so, you know, again, very different than a mod, not even really strictly speaking a remake, you know, just, this was a straight up port. But the thing is, I had publicized those on the codex before, and it's not like EA doesn't read the codex. I mean, I can check my logs any given week and, oh yeah, there's, you know, Redwood Shores and there's all the other studios. There, there's people at EA who read the codex constantly. Um, but they didn't act on those things until it became time to negotiate the finer points of the Ultima release deal with GOG. That was when the uh, cease and desists got handed down. And I suspect that the reason for it had, I mean, the reason given was that 
these were straight up ports that used, you know, the basically all the game data and everything and made it available in an in a way that was not, you know, one of the agreed upon means of distributing that licensed property. But at the same time, these things have been cruising for months in some cases, you know, or more than a year, I think, in the case of the PC one. Um, but GOG wanted exclusive distribution rights to Ultima 4, especially. And I think that was probably the reason that the lawyers came knocking on those two Flash-based projects. And the reason I suspect this is because I spent weeks digging through old newsgroup logs and digging through old emails and actually reaching out to and emailing people from like, you know, um, years and years and years ago, uh, people who'd worked at origin, who'd like been kind of the interface between origin and the, the UDSC community, you know, basically just trying to establish some kind of provenance that yes, a couple of dragons in particular had been granted permission by origin at a time when origin was owned by EA to distribute copies of Ultima four for free. Um, specifically the copies of Ultima 4 that were also bundled on CD with, I think, Computer Gaming World. Um, Because there was a CGW edition where if you got the magazine, you happened to get all of Ultima 4 for free on the disc that came with it back in that particular day when, you know, CD-ROMs came in the gaming magazines. Um, And a couple of dragons had sought and had obtained permission to host that copy of Ultima 4 for download on their websites. And, you know, GOG was even trying to go after those guys. Or, well, I I mean, it was EA legal ultimately because EA is the IP holder. But again, this this only came up around the time when that GOG deal was being negotiated. And I was working hard with the guys at Mythic to, you know, establish that, hey, you know, no, this is a longstanding agreement. It's been in place for, you know, more than 20 years. Don't, don't stick your nose in here. Like this is not something that the lawyers need to get up on. Um, and you know, ultimately we were successful in that. I'm really glad we were successful in that, but you know, it's those sorts of things that, um, so it's like, you know, yeah, Hey, that guy over there who's hosting a free copy of Ultima four, um, these guys over here who for 20 years have basically been rebuilding the engine of one of the games. Um, I know Microsoft is fine with mods. I don't know what their stance is on, all the rest of what the community has created over the years. I mean, they might be cool with it. They might be really cool with it. And that would be really great if they are. Um, I think it's just finding that, that line in the sand that will get the attention of all the heads of Cerberus in this case to go, Oh, oh stop what you're doing. Wait, that's bad. And I yeah. think I, I have that particular fear with my project, of course, because right now I'm just working on maps and a mod pack that could possibly be used to create RPGs. The more those two things get refined and made towards Ultima properties, the 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 more the danger it becomes into being uh, into crossing that line. If I don't, if I make my stuff into maybe a parody, uh, everything has to has to fit the definition of parody. If I make a Rictania parody of the Ultima world, then I might, you know, get away with that and get underneath it. But if I were to take everything that I've got so far 
and start to recreate line for line dialogue and characters in those worlds. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if I got the kibosh really quick. I don't know. See, and that's the thing. Like, I think EA would actually be okay with that because again, you're still, you know, unless your mod packs are including original assets of some kind, right? Like if you're, um, adapting the, think about like how a Minecraft sword looks, right? So like if you're swapping out the Minecraft sword for say an exact recreation of the Ultima six sword or the glass sword from Ultima six, which are in that same pixel art style. Sure. Then they might get on your case, but if you're using, you know, as long as you're not using artwork belonging to the Ultimas, even if you're able to recreate very convincingly the dialogue and the general feel of Ultima inside Minecraft, you're still just making a Minecraft mod and EA has been fine with even near exact copies of the games dialogue wise at any rate in say as Neverwinter Nights mods, right? So it's not, you know, even in that case, even if you took all the tools and textures and everything else that you have assembled and made something that was actually more or less a straight up stand up remake of one of the Ultima games, as long as you weren't trying to sell it. And as long as you were using, you know, no artwork from any of the Ultima games, you'd probably actually get away with it. They probably wouldn't care um, because that's how they've been about it in the past. Well, I really kind of hope so. And I, cause I also hope to get more people involved in this eventually and, and for people to get, uh, to feel like they're a part of something. I, this whole thing started with you actually starting up, uh, I, God, what was that project you wanted to start? It was very early on in your podcast. Strive oh, for the, unity. Uh, was new your, project uh, Britannia. Right. New project Britannia. I saw that and I thought that was a huge scope for you to try and jump out there. And so I decided just to kind of go off and do my own thing and see if I couldn't create a smaller seed community with the Minecraft fans over here and show people that this could be done and then jump from, use that as a stepping stone to go from, uh, from your idea to a, a working model of your idea back over to unity again but uh again it 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 all depends on just making sure that we don't upset anyone as long as everything remains free it's fine as long as i don't copy line for line and i just do a good approximation of the games and, and go for it i don't think i'm going to upset anything with ea uh microsoft mojang or everyone involved in this because it's a harmless free mod that does not give everything that the old games gave. There's no way I can get everything in there. I'm just going to try and give a good nostalgic, uh, uh, adventure. And that that's my, my goal with this in order to get the community involved and say, Hey, we can do something even bigger. We might be able to do something bigger. And I mean, you know what? You can probably, that would probably be just fine. Um, even something like, you know, New Project Britannia would probably be in the main fine under EA, right? Because EA has been very tolerant of the fan community to date and the fan community to date has engaged in numerous projects of exactly that sort or at least attempted numerous projects of exactly that sort. Not all of them has succeeded. Perhaps not even many of them have succeeded, but enough of them have. 
So it's not that we haven't um, given EA plenty of opportunities to drop the legal hammer on us for, you know, exactly what you're worried about, but they haven't. And would Microsoft? I don't know. Because you're making a Minecraft mod first and foremost, you'd probably be fine. Um, but again, it's not the mods that worry me so much. It's the other stuff, the patches, the engine recreations, things like that. That's where I really start to develop a worry. And I mean, depending on which publisher we were talking about here, um, you know, if Square Enix bought EA tomorrow, that's it. Game over for all of us. <laughs> you know, like we are, this, this community just will stop. Um, oh God. Uh, how many things they put the kibosh on that just irritated the crap out of me for different Final Fantasy projects, even, yep. even projects that weren't trying to recreate the game, just artwork. Yep. They, they put the kibosh on. Uh-oh. Did I lose you there? Oh no, no. I just slipped my finger off. I'm working with a push to talk system here because otherwise I could uh, make a lot of mistakes. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. And that's exactly it, right? And I mean, like, I think that's kind of where I wanted to approach this discussion from is that, you know, like, yeah, sure. I, I get it that, you know, Ultima fans can talk at length about their various grievances with EA, but those of us in the fan project community, I, I hope that everyone involved therein just realizes how I hate this word, but it's an okay word to use how much of a privileged position we occupy right now because the property we love is owned by the publisher that it is. Well, yeah, if you know, like you were saying with the uh, uh, Square Enix, heck, even Disney. Things, <laughs> things you deal with, <laughs> with copyrights, just absolutely insanity when it comes to how these folks will will drop down on it. And sometimes, sometimes it's the entire, the entire, uh, the company. Sometimes it's just the legal department. I mean, uh, people that fall victim to that include like weird Al. Oh my who, gosh. Yeah. Uh, who, uh, when trying to make his lady Gaga parody, uh, uh perf- I performed this way. Brilliant song had to go through hell trying to get it approved come to find out he wasn't talking to he, he, he hadn't talked to or gotten any messages through to lady gaga about his parody work he was only talking to the legal department and they were giving him the runaround and finally told him that he can't do it they're not going to allow him to do it and all this kind of stuff finally somebody sa- said to lady gaga hey have you have you heard about this she was like no she sees the video she hears the music she's like approved took it as like nice. many artists uh, took it as many artists do as almost a rite of passage if you have gotten a parody by weird ali angelic you have made it in the music business and had to basically grab the hold of the collars of her lawyers and say shut up let him do his thing <laughs> and yeah, well. that, sometimes that can happen with other companies too like bethesda and what was that uh, the the other mo yang title uh scrolls oh my yes as it's like Elder Scrolls, yeah. Scroll. What? No. Scrolls is just a single card game that is only available online. You cannot find a physical copy of it out on a store shelf. But Bethesda's lawyers were all up in arms thinking that people were going to make a mistake at like Walmart or Best Buy and pick up this Scrolls game instead of the Elder Scrolls. No one could figure out how that anyone can make that particular mistake 
and it the the absurdity of it ended up with uh with Notch actually challenging uh Bethesda to a quake match <laughs> of whether or not they could keep the name scrolls for their for their game. <laughs> I oh yeah, that's right. I remember that. So that that's what I that's what I mean when I talk about when you're dealing with the, the heads of Cerberus or the heads of the Hydra, not all of them may be completely in sync. And some of them may be trying to drag the rest of the body in ways that they don't mean to. So that those are my those are some of the fears that happen when you create things. Is that is it just the legal department? Are the people who are actually in charge knowing about this? That kind of stuff. And that's that's where a lot of these little messes come from. True. But again, like under EA, we've been pretty lucky with that. I don't exactly. even know if luck's yeah, we the have. word. It's just because you know what? Uh, and luck might not even be the word, right? Because it's not like Ultima occupies, again, I hate this word, but privileged position in that sense. Because, I mean, look at the Wing Commander community and all of their various fan projects. They're more active than we are. Um, Sims modding is a thing, you know, like just just about any, especially as you kind of go into their back catalog, uh, their, their older, you know, the, the older titles that they either have released or acquired you know, because they've bought the studios, um, huge modding scenes for so many of those games, you know? And so they have pretty much across the board been really laid back about all of what those different fan communities have gotten up to, you know, again with, you know, occasionally they've yeah had to swing the, the cease and desist hammer a little bit when you get people who are, um, trying to sell stuff or who are, you know, <laughs> yeah. making well, I the, upset the clue by four. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like, you know, making, um, the original game assets available in, um, you know, in some unauthorized manner, but you know, for, for just about everything else, they've been, they've been very, very laid back about it. So I don't know if luck is necessarily the word, you know, it's just, I mean, we are not in the sense that EA themselves overall have kind of just taken a look at this whole tendency of fans to want to homage and expand upon their favorite universes and just kind of been just like, yeah, okay, that's, that's cool. Go ahead. We, if we get any, any further, we'll go up from harmless to mostly harmless. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, uh, but I mean like other publishers have not been the same and that's kind of the thing that, you know, that that's the, the way I wanted to approach the topic was just like, you know, like guys, we are fortunate to be where we are. And you know, that, that old saying about biting the hand, right? Like, yeah, sure. Fine. You hate EA and I get that, but you know, we're here in the fan remake scene. We're here in the fan project scene. There's a lot of cool stuff that happens and it happens because the publisher lets it happen. And our publisher whom many of us despise, not myself personally, but you know, whom many in the community devise, uh, despise, <clears throat> is particularly laid back and is very willing to let it happen. Um, whereas many other publishers, not so much or not at all. And as fun as it is to think about some bigger fish buying EA and just dissolving the label and hopefully keeping some of the studios, um, rather than putting all of those people out of work. Uh, as fun as it is to for some people to fantasize about that, like they don't realize just what else would get burned to the ground in that process, potentially get burned to the ground. Oh. 
All I can say on that particular thing is that I agree with you 100%. They have just been kind of sitting there on the porch, seeing everybody do their little sandcastles, and have just not been like other companies that are sitting there on their porch with a sniper rifle ready to knock those (laughs) those sandcastles down as soon as they resemble something that is their work. It's, It's... we really do have that particular room to move, pay homage, and even kind of poke fun and at the at the, the at the bear. And also, hopefully, a lot of these things are to try and convince EA, Microsoft, and who else might be in the mix that possibly going back and them remaking these games might be an interesting and good idea. Kind of like how. The dreaded Square Square Enix keeps remaking and giving their older games a bit of a facelift and then putting them out there. Yeah, you know, I mean, for anybody at EA who happens to be listening right now, I'm just saying, the Final Fantasies have been doing very, very well on mobile. I have at least three different Final Fantasy games on my phone right now. (laughs) (laughs) They've been doing... They've been doing just like hotcakes on mobile. And it's it's a great thing to see that, you know, those games are becoming available, especially because, you know, as an Ultima fan, I can kind of lean back and say, yeah, well, you know, that's Ultima's grandkid right there. So you guys have fun. Um, I, I haven't cracked into too many of the Final Fantasy games myself. Um, I've bought a few of them, though. Uh, on my phone and I'm, you know, when I can actually find time to play on my phone, I'll probably, or anything at all. Gosh, I haven't even cracked into a game once this year and it's February. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, if you do just know that I, my gimmick is, uh, I'm playing Final Fantasy nine and every character's name that you can rename in the game has a very naughty name. Mm. I I mostly just take after my grandfather in that, you know, like I either have my battery of default names or if I'm feeling cheeky, I just use my grandfather's default name, which is stupid because then everybody <laughs> is, you know, constantly insulting me whenever they try and talk to me. That, that's basically what I've got. Almost all of my characters are insults. So it's, it's, it's a cuss fest back and forth and it's just hysterical sometimes. Yep. Ah, you got, you got to exploit these systems where you can, right? Um, but I mean like, yeah, like, you know, you can, because yeah, Final Fantasy, I mean, Final Fantasy inherits from Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest inherits from Ultima 3. There you go. Um, but yeah, it's great to see, you know, that they've had this great success bringing these games to mobile. And I would love to see more of the Ultimas, any of the Ultimas. Well, I guess, I mean, there was that Ultima 4 thing that happened for a while, but you know, more of the Ultimas, um, brought to mobile and and put back out there because you know what right now is a great time to put a really solid um sandbox rpg onto mobile because there basically isn't one yeah the closest thing again is those uh, those uh those final fantasy games are and really there's not much out there there's nothing on the scale of Ultima 7 or even Ultima 6 or 5 for that matter, as far as being able to move and actually interact with the world, everything is so darn static. It's almost just boring. Yeah, I know. It's painful. Um, and I mean, like, in a way, I get why it happened. Um, you know, why <laughs> why the design decisions were made that were made, right? Like, you know, why we got, even in the 2D realm, you know, why we got games like... Um, the Baldur's Gates and the Planescapes and the Ice Winds, right? The Infinity Engine games, which had depressingly static worlds relative to 
the Ultimas that had been available, but a few years earlier. Um, and I get why it happened again with 3D, you know, why we went from Ultima 9 as a, as, you know, the, as a model of a 3D RPG to Neverwinter Nights or Dungeon Siege. I, and I mean, like I get why, especially after having talked to Bill Randolph, I totally get why 3D RPG designers made the decision, yeah, no, we're going to just nail everything down and bake in the light maps. Um, because it's super complicated to keep track of all of those interactable objects in 3D, right? I mean, even if you think of something like, you know, think about the barrel in Ultima 9, right? You know, you have this barrel in the game. It is one object. And I can pick the barrel up and I can move the barrel around and blah, 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 blah. And the game has to keep track of the barrel and it's what its initial location was and then what its current location is and all of that stuff. Because if I move the barrel and then I walk away, I don't want to see the barrel pop back to where it used to be. But then Ultima 9 goes one further and makes its uh, work even more complicated because if I hit the barrel with the sword, now I can break the barrel into like three or four different pieces, each of which is independently movable. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I totally get why given the complexities that Origin discovered trying to implement that game and its sandbox world um, in 3D, I totally get why, you know, for the next 15 years, developers barely even bothered with that kind of stuff. But if there's any reason to reboot a series, it's to choose a series that has so many of the exact same label on so many of its titles. That label is ahead of its time everything from ultima underworld having to shrink the screen so they could fit that that very detailed three-dimensional physics-based engine only to be replaced in history by wolfenstein 3d which is just the simplest thing that they could come up with (laughs) it's a 2d 2D raycast very very similar to uh some of the atari games of even yesteryear, like uh, the Tank Commander one, uh, it's just slightly more complicated. But we, but again, it was the Ultima Underworld was ahead of its time. Ultima Seven was ahead of its time. They were you had to Ultima Seven. You had to basically be a small computer engineer and try and get everything to work. You had the IRE IRQ channels to to work correctly to get the sound to work. You you had to some people had to build a new computer, buy a new computer because it was just every game was another step ahead that people had to catch up to yeah, find that lower memory mouse driver all of those all those <laughs> writing your own auto exec and config.sys you young so, snappers out there will never know the pain oh no 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 and but every single one was a just a struggle because every single one of those was, was in some way some shape or form ahead of its time and then later on comes some other Young Buck, you have Final Fantasy going, uh, reaching far back for those multiple scaling uh, RPG maps. So you have the, the, the close-up and the further out for scales and then a separate battle map for other things. You have uh, Elder Scrolls reaching back to the, the, dun- uh, the underworld for the physics-based engine and being able to move everything from a pot to a uh to a candle in, in the world he had that with morrowind and oblivion and now skyrim gets all the credit and for things that were just ahead of its time back in the 90s 
Yeah, well, I mean, it's like the joke I make periodically, and I guess it's worth making again, right? You know, when the next iteration of GTA comes out and, you know, players discover that in the course of knocking over a bakery, you can discover, hey, there's not much money in the till. And then the game gives you the ability to tie the owner up in the back and actually work the bakery and make pastries and sell pastries until, you know, okay, now I've got enough money and I can leave. Um, You know, the gaming press and everybody is going to play this and be just like, wow, this is the best thing ever. Can you believe just how immersive these features are? And I'll just be over here being like, yeah, it's nice to see that again. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how people just uh, kind of forget to actually look back in time and give credit where it's actually due. I, yeah. I keep seeing every once in a while how they're how uh, uh, news outlets are talking about the the first uh, uh, African American protagonist in a superhero movie that uh, that's playing front and center, being this uh, the, Black, the Panther. Black Panther. And everyone who's seen Spawn goes, "Have you guys been? Were you guys born before 2000?" <laughs> a lot of them you weren't. <laughs> it's like there was this the, the, these other guys, right? <laughs> That uh, they had their own movies, you know, Spawn, Blade, superheroes, Black, <laughs> and but that's not what you hear. You hear the praise of the newest thing, and they really, really don't care about the the past. It just, it's kind of irritating, but at the same time, it's happened so many times that I, at this point, I'm just kind of shrugging. Yeah, or, or you know, I don't know if it's necessarily that they don't care. But they just don't, they, they're just, I think it's more that just, they're just not aware. It's like, I mean, I read sites like Kotaku and what have you now. And for the most part, it's like, they're sort of distantly aware that like Planescape Torment and Baldur's Gate 2 were significant games, which came out about the same time that they were being, that, you know, the average author at Kotaku was being potty trained. But, um... <laughs> You know, so they're they're kind of like dimly aware that these are really significant games who are like that are like touchstones for the gaming industry. And then once in a while, you get someone there who's actually heard of Ultima, and that's kind of cool. But you know, then anything else that happened like before that time, it's just kind of like, oh yeah, no, there was nothing really significant there. There's just some old stuff that didn't work so good. And you know, then yeah, then you get these stupid conversations. It's just like, oh my gosh, can you believe these features? And everybody who's ever played whatever game did it first is just like yep yep that's cool to see again glad that's back oh well it, it, well it's just it's the young bucks getting overly excited about something that they don't recognize as something that was just put on the shelf from some past game that was again ahead of its time yep um oh my gosh i even had this uh experience i was at a uh i was at a function for the youth group at church that my eldest is part of. And, um, we had gotten there kind of early, so we were just killing time. Um, she was reading her book and I was actually testing a new build of exalt that Dominus had just pushed out, um, on my phone. And, uh, you know, a couple of other kids show up and this one kid starts peering over my shoulder and he, he and I kind of get to talking a little bit because he's big into video games and he's like an avid world of Warcraft player or whatever. And I start pointing out like all of the little bits of World of Warcraft that are like direct homages of Ultima 8. 
And, you know, then I kind of start to explain to him how, uh, you know, and then I kind of like, okay, and this is like Ultima 7. And then from this, we get like Ultima Online and sort of the history of MMORPGs. And he is just like, his jaw is just hanging open, right? <laughs> He's just like, I had no idea. I'm like, well, of course you had no idea. You're like 11. This all happened like before, gosh, before your parents are even married. Like, come on. <laughs> It's like, I'm not holding, I'm not trying to hold this against you. I'm not, I'm not holding this against you. It's like, you genuinely, you know, are unaware that so much of this stuff happened before you were born. And the things you love now are made by people who grew up on that stuff and are now putting little sly references to it into their own games. Yeah. I, I think I about uh, doubled over in laughter when I uh, first encountered uh, what did they call him? I, I think his name was like Lincoln and his sword of mastery. <laughs> that, that was a little World of Warcraft reference to yep. Legend of Zelda there. It's just like, all right. Yeah, that's, uh, I like that. I like that stuff. Well, I am going to go be um, productive around the house. This has been a fun little chat. If I can make a short episode out of it, I will. But uh have to try and encourage people to contribute via Anchor maybe as well. Yeah, do that. Do we, we make it bigger? Yeah, get get everyone involved. They can listen to this. Maybe if you can put that out there for other people to get the idea of what's going on, and then make a huge, make a big episode out of it. Yeah, already. Hey, sure. it takes more time. Totally. All right. Well, you have a good night, and uh, I will talk to you later. And just a reminder, as always, of course, you can support spam, 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 humbug on Patreon, patreoncom slash Codex. We're also on Podbean Patron. Uh, patron.podbean.com slash sssh you can also buy your video games at gog um just hit up the link in the show notes or at the ultima codex and we get a little bit of commission on every game you buy but we also welcome your moral support so you can like ultima on facebook facebook.com slash the ultima series or you can follow at ultima codex on twitter and of course if you want to join the ultima dragons udic.org is your gateway to doing so you can also find the ultima dragons on facebook and google plus you can follow at ultima dragons on twitter there is an underused slack channel for the ultima dragons and you can also join us on our discord server Finally, if you want to kick it old school, grab your favorite Telnet client and check out the Wearmount. And if you want to get in touch with Spam, 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 Humbug, as I said at the beginning of the episode, you can send us an email, ultimacodex at gmail.com. You can join us on our Discord server. That's also where we record these episodes, and we definitely welcome people to participate or just to lurk. You can leave us a voice message either on Facebook or at podcast.ultimacodex.com. Look for the link in the sidebar. And of course, you can leave us a review on iTunes. Please do. And on that note, thank you everyone for listening to this shorter episode. Hope to talk to you again in a couple of weeks. And until then, be virtuous. Virtuous.